First Peter, <coughs> chapter two. We could say, all are welcome, and there's plenty of room on Wednesday night. <laughs> so, if you're able to, and you're not here, you could be here. Then there's room, room for that. First Peter. <coughs> And each week the outline is, goes back a bit and forward so you can get where we're at because we don't move a whole lot in each, with each study we do. But keeping the subject in mind, and we're looking at submission right now. We are to be submissive as obedient believers. And that's what we continue to look at tonight. We looked last week, we are to be obedient as subjects subjects or citizens of a of a country <clears throat> that's the regulation verse 13 the reason and the rulers mentioned there and the rationale given in the last part of us or yes verse 14 and 15 <clears throat> to punish evildoers and to praise those that do well and uh, because of most of the countries have unsaved rulers then they'll let people off the hook more <laughs> as far as being punished for their evildoers and the watch cry is that um, it's not a deterrent when you punish people well the Bible says the other does it not? if you punish somebody then others are <laughs> not going there but the <clears throat> other Aspect is also used in our society to praise those that do well. I think we might have mentioned Pharaoh praised Joseph for doing well, promoted him. Nebuchadnezzar promoted Daniel for doing well and interpreting the dream in Daniel chapter 2. In our day, people or governments and uh, authorities do reward people for doing different things and and there seems to be not enough days in the year now to give rewards to those a day for this and a day for that and a day for the other and they're running out of days <laughs> but you know if you're in battle and you can get a Victorian cross if you're very brave in, a, in warfare um, <clears throat> there's a Nobel Peace Prize that is given around the world there's citizens awards and that can be local or state even federal so they do reward those that do well. And yes, if you want to be rewarded by the government to do well, do well. <laughs> and Christians should be amongst those that do well. Uh, <clears throat> there has been a lot of Nobel Peace Prizes that have been Jewish people. It's because of their intellect, their stu studiness and their ability. I was just reading today there that they're right on the ball in getting hydrogen. <clears throat> they've got no fuel-producing places in Israel as such, but they're there inventing the things for other countries to do and they're separating the oxygen and the hydrogen and getting methods to do that and to store it. If you could do that, there's no more pollution. You have more power in your car, you can run on about one-seventh of the fuel, um, <clears throat> just don't explode your tank and <laughs> go off like a hydrogen bomb, not quite, but they're, they're, they're well on the way to inventing how to. And you know what? They're using <clears throat> algae. Algae separating the oxygen and the hydrogen 
to produce the hydrogen. I thought, wow, that's, that's a very simple means because otherwise you've got to lose, use a lot of electricity and it's not worth it right now to produce it. Oh, we, we have to produce it but for certain reasons, but it's costly. But anyway, they reward those that do well, don't they? And the, the world is rewarding Israel for the start-up companies they've got going. More than any country, big companies moving in, getting picking the brains, you might say, <clears throat> of what they're developing there, inventing. Let's pray and then we'll look at the next portion of Scripture. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It gives so much detail about different things and how we should live in our Christian lives. Lord, I pray that we would be model citizens in our country and that there would be those that notice and reward those that do well. And Lord, that our country, our leaders, might be those that punish those that do evil. And Lord, just justice might be meted out and the judges would be responsible in the judgments they make. And Lord, we, we know you've asked us to pray for these people and we pray for them now. Give them wisdom in governance. We pray your blessing on our study tonight and wisdom for us to receive the word in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> so we've looked at last week, as we just mentioned, to be submissive as subjects or citizens. Tonight we look at being submissive as servants. Being submissive as servants. Verse 19 Oh, sorry, before that, verse 16, not 19. <clears throat> Go back to verse 15. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the perverse or froward. Well, this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if ye, when ye are buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For God did that in Christ Jesus. <coughs> so, to be submissive as servants. It's interesting, isn't it, that we have Paul's view on these things in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. Wives subject to husbands, children to parents, and um, servants to masters. And Peter is giving this here. You know, we've not got a shortage of instruction on these matters. Uh, Peter explains here how submission in relation to the Lord, in relation to our liberty, and in relation to our location, where we're at, uh, where we live. Um, first of all, our submission in relation to the Lord, his word, and his will. Um, <clears throat> what will we, in verse 15, what will we put to, sh put to silence according to that verse? The ignorance of foolish men. A lot of foolish men around today. And that's generic, I think, it goes for women <laughs> and children. Because the fool hath said in his heart, so 95% of society 
if they don't profess the Lord. I saw, uh, read an article there of um, John, the preacher, not the preacher, in America, what's his name? MacArthur, MacArthur the, yeah. And how the media are just really rubbishing him. He gets together with conservative people, off-the-wall people, they say that. You know, the commentators use um, exaggerations all the time, you know. It's going to sl- splash down with rain, it's going to storm down, you're only going to be... A- <laughs> it sounds like, oh, look out. I remember once they said that and Lorna phoned me up all in a panic, we're going to get flooded out here. I said, Lorna, they're just exaggerating, but they exaggerated about John MacArthur and said he's one of those people against all science that believe the world's only 6,000 years old. And he goes with along with the creation research people and they named all the conservative ones and they just, like, they're all off-the-wall idiots that believe that sort of thing. That's what they were saying in the media. The ignorance of foolish men. One day they'll eat their words sooner than they think. And they will be shown that the world is only 6,000 years old. <laughs> the Bible says, do you believe that? I pray you do, because it's in the Bible. You see, we're to obey the Lord and his word and do his will and so put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. may not be right now they'll be put to silence, but they will be put, put to silence by us submitting to the Lord's word and saying, yes, that's true, I believe that. No matter what sort of embarrassment they try to heap on those who are Christians who believe these things, because the Bible says it. Um, So we're put to silence by well-doing, doing God's will, obeying his word. Silence there is to muzzle. (laughs) And what do we muzzle? And what do we muzzle it for? Muzzle a dog, usually. <laughs> Stop it biting and barking. Um, <clears throat> muzzle, muzzle the ox that treads out the grain and he'll keel over. And you'll have to pull the, pull the thing around and around in circles if you kill your ox. Um, <clears throat> but put to silence, muzzle. This is, this is one day what the Lord's going to do with ignorant people. And as I've said before, you know, you hear of a famous person dying, you know, and a celebrity dying or a, a government official dying, and you think, now they know. Now they're put to silence. Now they realise what they heard from Bible-believing Christians was right. It's going to be sad, isn't it? And, and the Bible actually says that you heap coals of fire upon them in telling the truth and them disobeying the truth. You're not intending to heap coals of fire, but because you've told them the truth, they heard it, Understood, but they didn't obey it. Terrible day for judgment for them. Um, <clears throat> ignorance. The word ignorance is culpable. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty four speaks of this. But self caused ignorance, self inflicted ignorance. That is, they've chosen to be ignorant. Foolish people who don't believe there is a God. They've chosen that. I don't want to hear that. A, a big thing is, if I hear that, I've got to change the way I live. And they know that. What about tracks that go out? Yeah. That, that's a thing. And that's why we're told to do that. Spread the news. Spread the news. If they got it and read it, and, and yeah, <laughs> referring to those people that react to them, 
one of John was thinking that, but those that react to them, they read it. And that's why they reacted to it, whether you know, negatively, the ignorance of foolish men. They, you, you can't say, sorry, I was ignorant to God. No, not on Judgment Day. Um, <clears throat> there is this saying, there is none so blind as those who don't want to see. They don't want to see. It's a matter of the will, not the mind, isn't it? Their mind could comprehend it, but their will says no. And, you know, that's amongst non-Christians, but amongst Christians too. As far as solid biblical doctrine, there are those that don't want to believe what the Bible says in certain areas. And the more that it's said, what do they do? The old nature. No, no, no. And they build a wall. They build walls up against the truth. And it's going to be a sad day for those that are Christians. They build a wall against the truth and they are ignorant. They're culpable. You're guilty for not believing the truth. Self-inflicted, self-caused ignorance of foolish, foolish, senseless ones. As I've said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And the Lord in Luke chapter 11 verse 40 describes the Pharisees as such. They're senseless ones. You know, the, the Bible talks in the parables about the sheep, the senseless sinner. He goes a wandering off, meandering around a paddock and he walked right off the cliff and so will his mate behind him. Foolish, senseless ones. Uh, <clears throat> one commentator said, John Phillips said, and this is the sad this is a sad story. Sad. John Phillips he said, within the colourful kaleidoscope of Christendom, almost any configuration of belief and practice can be found. All sorts of malicious slanders and distortions are circulated against the Lord's people and their beliefs and behaviour by the devil's children. But do we give them reason to say it? And this is what the kaleidoscope, he said, of Christendom. There's all sorts of things going on and unsaved people look and say, hmm, <laughs> not true. And they've got reason. We give them reason to say, no. That's not God's will, and we can't put them to silence because they've got reason. For instance, slaying in the spirit. What, what does the Bible literally say about people that do those sort of things and roll down the aisle and bark like dogs? Possessed. There? Possessed. Possessed. Yeah, there's a, there's a word in the Bible, that's what we, will, we would say, but an unsaved person will say they are. It starts with M. Mad. They're mad. And, and that happened up there in Mount Beauty. We hired that big hall in the, on the other end of the main street on the left-hand side once, but the charismatics had it most times. And people knew that in there they heard people barking. They, they actually peeked in and saw them rolling around the aisle and they said, what's wrong with these people? They're mad. And we're not going to put to silence the ignorance of foolish men if we're doing and believing the wrong thing. Uh, we can't stop them from saying, well, they're mad. Um, <clears throat> praying to idols of Mary or any idol or statue. Unsaved people think, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
A man made that thing, it's just concrete. Or it's wood. Doesn't the Bible talk about this? And they're bowing to it. What's wrong with these people? They're mad. Hmm. We're not putting them to silence by that. You see, we have to do believe God's word, obey his will. Relics and indulgences are brought and sold. What would the unsaved people say about that? What do they say? Religion. Money making racket. True. <laughs> They're true. That's right. <laughs> Can't say no to that. And um, <clears throat> so the best thing when they when they when an unsaved person says something to ridicule Christianity and they say, say you know, <clears throat> this is what I've heard, this is what religion is and you, you, you just agree with them. Yep. You can agree with most of what they'll say because they've observed it and said, No, nah, that's not on. That's not true. <clears throat> money is paid to purchase people out of purgatory well they might be able to say much about that if they don't know that it's not in the Bible but an unsaved person knowing it's not would be, have, have reason other preachers other preach God damn souls as he chooses them not who am I talking about Calvinist an unsaved person, whoa. You mean he had him to be born, let him live, just so he could roast him in hell? That's Calvinism. And, and you say I speak blunt. Yep, somebody needs to tell him. Um, <clears throat> some declare that the individual is an unsaved individual is annihilated upon death and declare that soul sleep for the believer who dies. S-D-A, Seventh-day Adventist. You know, it's good they're putting that radio. It's bad and it's good. It's good that I can listen and say, ha, ha, now I know what they believe and how heretical, heretical it is. And I heard him say it. There's, God would not punish people for eternity. Eternity doesn't mean eternity. That's how, they, that's how they concluded. And they twisted one scripture to make it mean otherwise. Which, if you just took that one, yeah. But what about all the other hundreds of verses that speak about hell and eternal punishment and the soul sleep? We had a lady come here. She had been here early, way back before I came. And she'd come back for a visit. And um, as mentioned, I think it was a funeral, actually. It was a funeral because she said, no, no, they're not with the Lord in heaven. They're not alive. They don't know what's going on. And the Bible clearly says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And you go to Luke and talk about the rich man and Lazarus lifted up their eyes, talked, related, reasoned, and so forth. But anyway, and an unsaved people, others sprinkle water on infants, declaring them to be saved. They don't have to sprinkle water on infants to have them saved. They're still in the age of um, <clears throat> ignorance. Uh, they don't, they'll be saved anyway <laughs> and whether they poured water or not on them it doesn't save them some say we can be lost again and believe in eternal insecurity and unsaved people listen to that wait a minute if God's God and he saves you what are you talking about losing your salvation salvation army they're in that category how the preach get saved and these are Baptists by a repeated prayer, pray after me and uh, you'll get saved. Huh? Now you're saved. Feel good? 
and they just leave the door or go away and that person <laughs> what was that about you know and don't come follow them up um, <clears throat> you can't do it like that it's a conviction and drawing of the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word of God that brings a person to salvation others baptismal regenerationists say and unsaved people believe you know get me done and I'll be right and I reckon I didn't that the cell, the SDAs might even go that far. I can't say definitely because he just didn't make it clear enough when he was talking about it. He's talking, he's preaching about baptism. He's really going for it. And he said, when they come after the out of the water, they're saved. I said that almost sounds like the charismatics that says, when they come up after the water, they'll speak in tongues. <laughs> That's what they expected when Pastor Hein baptized some people up there. In, in the, in the river, the, the, what is it called up there? The Kiwa River. And said, now, you know, they're going to come, come out of the water and they're going to speak in tongues and it didn't happen. Oh, so that means they're not saved this time. Do them again. No. <laughs> no. It does not save a person. Baptism will regenerate. Church of Christ. Baptism will regeneration. People. <clears throat> Cults and philosophers are bound. Platonism. That's something I've come across recently. From Plato, a Greek philosopher, 400 BC, the, <clears throat> who said, Matter isn't real, it's not reality. Only our thoughts are real. And the real father of allegorism. <laughs> And spiritualizing, whom origin of Alexandra in the early church, or early church ditto, and Augustine for about 400 AD, spoused, venerated, and quoted. <clears throat> if you want, you need to read the article on Plato, the philosopher, and how that sort and method of interpretation was used by Origen and Augustine and they quoted him and said he's a good bloke and he's, he's totally unsaved. Matter isn't real. Only what is in the mind. You can see how that comes down to, to allegorising scripture. It's what I think it says, not what it says is right, it's what I think it says. And everybody has a different interpretation then of that verse. That's humanism. And goes right back to Plato, enter the Greeks. That was the Plato, Plato's unbiblical influence on millennialism. An interesting thought. You know, some people will go like this when I talk about this. Now I'm not hearing you anymore. <laughs> That's what they'll do. <clears throat> but if they want to go that way, and you say, putting to silence the ignorance of foolish men, you have to be biblical. You have to be doctrinally correct. You can't beat around the bush when it comes to what God has said. I'm not coming to the Bible to make it mean what I like it to mean. I'm coming to the Bible for it to talk to me and how I should be living so that we may put to ignorance of foolish, the, the ignorance of foolish men, put it around the right way. <clears throat> Seventy years ago, someone wrote this. Uh, Blanchard put it together. In the present day, back then, 
There are 20 well-known gowns and 70 veils of the Virgin Mary, each pronounced to be the real one. And the unsaved people say, what? (laughs) Twelve heads, I don't know, I hadn't heard of this one. Twelve heads of St. John the Baptist in tolerably perfect condition. Beside numerous large fragments of his skull and seven extra jaws each of great note and held in much reverence in the different parts of Europe. And they'll say, you are mad. Ignorance of foolish men. How can we put to silence ignorance of foolish men? By submitting to the Lord and his will. In so is the will of God that with well-doing, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. There's more. St. Julian has 20 bodies and 26 separate heads while St. George and St. Pancras each possess 30 bodies and St. Peter has only 16. St. Peter of Dominic only possesses two bodies, but he makes up for the deficiency in the number by his fingers, 56 of which are scattered throughout Europe. What's wrong with people? You know, to them it's not a laughing matter, to them it's dead serious. And we need to be aware that this is what religion is and this is why people laugh about it and mock it. And that was found from Paul Blanchard, Communism, Democracy and Catholic Power, 1951. Cited from Mitford Monthly Review of London in 1906. 100 years, 120 years ago. Now, yeah, they were battling the Catholic Church more and then than probably now because people have just gone back to it. None of this takes in the cults that masquerade as Christian. Among the cults are those who claim that pain is an error of mortal mind. Plato. (laughs) That's just your mind. Um, And that death is an illusion. There are those who hold as dear as scripture a book that seems to have been put out as a novel the great controversy. Now listen to Channel 88 and they'll be quoting it all the time. The Great Controversy by Ellen G. White, a lady that started that. There are those two who practice polygamy. Who? The Mormons. The Mormons. And the unsaved people look on and say, what? You know, not even... It's like the Corinthian church. Paul said... The unsaved people don't do it. What are you doing it for? You're allowing this in your midst. The unsaved people say that's not right. Um, There are those, yeah, practice polygamy. There are those too who proudly hold up the tattered remains of what's left of a Bible after they're finished with it, with their deletions and criticisms. I haven't done it yet. But I'm very tempted when somebody's arguing about certain portions of scripture, say, please give me your Bible. And I'll open it to the portions they're denying and start ripping out the pages. I think I might get in trouble if I did it. (laughs) But why have it in there? If you're not going to believe it, if you're going to put your thoughts in there instead. I really believe it. (laughs) The same people in the name of scholarship have invented an emasculated Christ stripped of his deity who bears no resemblance whatsoever to the Christ of the Bible. This fellow downtown here doesn't need the Bible. He said he doesn't need the Bible. 
It doesn't bear any resemblance of the Christ of Scripture. These views are sad commentaries on the gullibility of people, they being ignorant, the ignorance of foolish men, ignorant of true Christianity. And they cannot, they cannot save people because they're not presenting the truth of God anymore. True Christianity has nothing to fear from impartial observation of unsaved people. Both in belief and practice, true Christians, as it says in Timothy, adorn the doctrine of Christ. They, they adorn it, they clothe it, they, 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 they put it in flesh by doing the will of God. Put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as we submit to the word of God. So there's some thoughts about that. Then, then there's, there's some thoughts on the next verse. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Our submission in relation to our liberty. First of all, in relation to our Lord in verse 15, in relation to our liberty in verse 16. We can express our liberty by our loyalty to ordained authority. Liberty is not to be turned into license for a cloak of maliciousness. <laughs> cloak. Not many of us have got our cloaks on tonight. We're covered, but we haven't got cloaks. What do you think is a... When you hear the word cloak, what do you think? Come on. Disguise. Say? Disguise. A disguise. So add something to it. Cloak and... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think of. A cloak and dagger business. You know, here comes this guy, and he's in a movie, and he's all done up, and he's got a black hat, and he's got his big trench coat on or whatever. He's coming down there in a the dark alley with the music going all like it does. He's, he's up to no good. <laughs> he's got a dagger in there somewhere. Sounds like Apostle Peter <laughs> when he went to the garden. He had his sword somewhere in his cloak because he pulled it out, I, the Lord knew he had it, but if the other apostles had seen him sneaking that sword into his cloak, he might have been up into trouble with them. But anyway, he pulled it out at the time appointed and sliced off the high priest's ear, did he not? He got into trouble for it too. <clears throat> we have not been set free to serve ourselves. We have not been set free to do as we please. That's not why Christ paid for our sins. John 8.36 says, If the Son, therefore, the Lord Jesus, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Wow! You know, I'm saved from my sin, I'm forgiven, and I can do as I want now. Really? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We're free from sin, we're saved from sin, but we're now free from that sin to do what God wants us to do. That's what we've been made free to. Not free to do as I want to do, but free to do what he wants to do. Liberty is not to be turned into license, it's not a license to sin. Ye shall be free indeed. <coughs> Let's go to Romans chapter 14. I think this will give us a right perspective on this. Romans chapter 14. Because here, 
Paul realised that some Christians were so, well, I just do what I want now. I'm saved. I'm forgiven of all my sins, past, present and future. So therefore, no, I can do anything and I'm not going to be losing my salvation. If you've got that attitude, you're probably not a Christian. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> and no, you can't just do as you please. Let's look at a few things that Paul brought up here that can be so offensive to another Christian, a baby Christian, an immature believer, that will cause them to go back into their old ways. Romans 14, verse 17. The whole chapter's about it, but verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. For it is neither... For it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine. That's the same one as we mentioned in verse 17. Nor anything by which thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Okay. Which one do you think I'm going to pick on first? In those two verses. Drink. Drink. (laughs) The drink. I'm afraid of drink. You know, you, you have the reference... That's in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 25, where Paul said, A little wine for thy stomach's sake. Oh, wow. There's some license. I just got a license from the Bible. And understanding it in its context, it wasn't alcoholic. But the next one might not be so clear. 1 Timothy 2 8 where he talks, he talked to the pastors, then he talked to the deacons. He said, not given, and what's the next word? Much. To, <laughs> to much wine. Right. <laughs> then he can have a little wine. <laughs> he can't use the other one to say a little wine for your stomach's sake, but I can have a little wine because he's not to have much wine. You see how people reason? But what about... The 150 other verses that utterly condemn it. The majority of scripture. And the unwise. And then these verses that said, okay, if I'm going to drink wine or something, it's going to be an offence to my younger brother who has just got saved from being a drunkard. And I introduce him to a cup of wine or the Lord's table with wine in it which some churches do then he goes right back to it see we will our liberty shouldn't be used as a license to do something that obviously the the Lord says is wrong I'm just reading about Lot after he got delivered from Sodom his daughters got him drunk and they had children Moab and that um Ammon? No. Edomites? Edomites, yeah. Edomites, Moabites and Ammonites. Lot and um, Ishmael's kids. And and anyway, they they got drunk and had them kids. Noah built a vineyard, got drunk. And and see the consequences of it. Just follow it through. And you'll, you'll see that the examples, not only the mentions, but the examples of it in Scripture... Okay, the next one is in those two verses we read. What was another one? You know, I'm at liberty to do anything. What was the next one? Drink and eat. Eat. 
Oh, you've got to eat. Yep, you've got to eat. <laughs> now, this is not so much a problem today. You, you can eat a lot of things. But in that day, this was the issue. <laughs> what, was they, what were they eating? Eating something that had been sacrificed to idols. And Paul said, no. He said, I, I can eat that meat. Don't worry me. Because the idol's nothing anyway. It's dead. It's a bit of rock or wood. But because unsaved people, I mean Christians, young, who are looking on, who used to have a, a problem with the offering of the meat to idols and eating it and all that, I'm not going to eat it. You see, the liberty didn't turn to license and say, well, I'm going to offend my younger in the Lord brother and cause him to stumble and be offended. <clears throat> and another one in these verses here, if you go to verse 15 and 16, it reads there, if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitable, destroy him not with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Oh, that's not it. Uh, oh, not 15 and 16, it's 5 and 6. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it to the Lord. And so forth. What is here? Yeah, we've got all this starting with D so you can remember them easier. Drink, diet and days. Days. <clears throat> Which day do you worship the Lord? Every day. You fell into my trap. <laughs> what did you say? Every day. Every day. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> but it, that's, that's right. That's, and, and that's what you know, we, we talk and joke about the C of E Christians, not Church of England, C of E, Christmas and Easter Christians. Yeah. But don't we become guilty? We've, we've got the Sunday, that's the day we worship the Lord. No, we worship the Lord every day. We should worship the Lord every day. We should pray to him. We should read his word. We should get in touch with him. He wants to be talked to and he wants to talk to us. So <clears throat> in relation to days... And it was probably more an issue in the early church than it is today. Although, yeah, we've had it here. So, so the seventh day. Is that the day we should be worshipping here? Or is it the first day of the week? I mean, I'm going to fall into my own trap. <laughs> we worship the Lord every day, but we particularly meet upon the first day of the week when you are gathered together in my name, said Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, on the first day of the week. The day of the resurrection, the day the Lord rose from the dead, the day the early church celebrated together the Lord's table and met. In fact, they met every day for a, for a start. They were doing it every day. And um, <clears throat> the Lord's probably thinking, they're going to keep that up for 2,000 years because <laughs> he knew how long the church was going to go. I don't think they'll keep that up. But, you know, meeting every day because they had to work sometime and servants, the servants actually couldn't, even get time off, had to come at night services where they, after they'd fed their boss and cleaned up the dishes and done the, everything else, then they could go, to, go and meet with the believers. And it's a lot easier for us today. <clears throat> so, drink, diet, days. Let's not be offensive in these. And there was another one, and I don't think it's here, but it's our dress. We can be offensive in our dress. And um, I, I always quote Pastor McConnell on this, but I don't say I disagree with him. If it's not for sale, don't advertise it. 
and ladies, take heed to that. Listen, dads, listen, husbands, watch what your wife wears. We can be quite an offence. We can cause young men to stumble. We can cause old men to stumble if we do not dress appropriately. The tendency in the early 70s, and that was up with the dress and down with the top of it. And it's back in the mini dress. It's just wrong. It shouldn't be here. It shouldn't be in our families. It shouldn't be in church. We shouldn't be causing our young people to stumble. It's good neither to eat flesh, to drink water, I mean to drink water, to drink wine, keep drinking water, not anything by which thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. We've got enough temptation around without having all these things thrown, thrown at us. We have a responsibility as Christians, one toward another, not to offend in these areas. As Peter said in 1 Peter 3, 3, <clears throat> that Adorn yourself with modest apparel. <laughs> in the Old Testament, and uh, I haven't looked it up, but they said if the woman's ankles were showing, she was in trouble. So they did wear a dress of dragged on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, or long boots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The, the attire of a harlot, I wrote down that. What seduces men? How do they know? I was just reading it about Judah. He gave, he married a, a woman, I don't think he should have married, she died, the sons died. And <clears throat> there's this woman who was promised the third son who wasn't old enough to get married to. And then he didn't give the older son to her when the son grew up. And so she, she took off the attire that she wore as a, a regular person around there, and she put on the attire of seduction, and she sat on the road when she knew Judah was going to walk past, and he went in unto her. Remember, and I'll give me something to prove, you know, a signet and a staff or something, three things. Remember that story? But she knew how to dress to be seductive to the man. So, husbands, make sure your wives dress and dads make sure that your children dress right because we don't want them to be a stumbling block it's easy to read easy to see and we've got we've got them all around in the world that's enough problems out there isn't there so we're way off over our time on those two verses but read them through and um, think for yourself through these thoughts that we have